My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. All right, welcome to this episode of Marketers Shooting the Shit. I'm Sean Swaim, and I am ecstatic for our guest today. Uh, one of my favorite people on earth, known each other for a few years now. Um, I'm not even going to try to butcher his uh, his accomplishments, his... Uh, everything that he's achieved over the last couple years. Um, but I will say Drewby is the vice president over at Break Free Academy slash Apex, which if you're online anywhere, you've probably seen Drewby around. Um, and I'm going to let Drewby dive in the rest of this here uh for this coffee break edition of marketer shooting the ship what's up man man sean i am just freaking grateful to be here brother it is funny you were talking about like you know we've been friends for it's got to be going on for almost five years yeah right because when i think back like we got connected inside the phone sites community sales talk with sales pros right that uh Ryan Stuman, our fearless leader over at Apex and Break Free Academy runs, man. And it's been so fun to watch your journey and your growth. And I'm just excited to be here and shoot the shit with you a little bit, man, because I think there's a lot of value that we can drop on the community, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun with a lot of goofy inside jokes too, man. So I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to be here. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know me, if you haven't seen me, I am Drewby. And you can also call me the meme lord, Wilson. VP over at Break Free Academy and Apex. Uh, I have, man, a bunch of different titles and things that I do, man. But ultimately, what I do is inspire success-driven winners to get out there and become a greater version of themselves by crushing the day, right? So, like, to me, I've lost hundreds of pounds over the, you know, I've lost more than 100 pounds more than once in my life. I've made over a million dollars in commissionable sales in the last three years. I've sold well over eight figures in multiple different services, contracting, consulting, marketing. I've run marathons. I've ridden my bike hundreds of miles. At one point in my life, like I said, man, I weighed 300 pounds. So like, it's funny and it almost feels braggadocious to talk about all the shit that I've accomplished. But I have to share those stories because I know it's inspiring someone out there who wants to make a change in their life, who wants to take that next step. And, uh, you know, man, it's our duty to get out there and show others what's possible when they start believing in themselves. Dude, and I hope everyone now sees why I had to invite Drewby <laughs> onto the show, because, like I said, I, I've seen it all from, 
you know, the, the, the world of social media, the comfort of the Facebook news feed, but we've also met in person a couple of times too, which is mm-hmm. I think rare for a lot of, a lot of people, but speaking of the inside jokes real quick, um, I have a tally going over here and Drewby, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind doing the same thing of let's see how many big Lebowski references get dropped in this episode. We'll each keep each other honest with it, but um, so kicking things off and getting things started, I'd love to go way back to when you were a kid. How would your parents describe you? as as a young hellion fucking a dude um they would likely describe me as my own individual and why i say that would be you know i was kind of always one of those dudes that floated around from friend group to friend group i was kind Mm -hmm. of a chameleon Mm because like we grew up in like a less i'm not gonna say in poverty but we didn't have a whole lot of money yeah, my family kind of struggled, right? My mom kind of raised us as a single mom. My dad was in and out. He's very abusive, kind of a shitty dude. So, like, we didn't have the greatest life growing up. Sure. But we also had people around us who always cared. And so we would have that opportunity that even though we lived in, like, you know, slum apartments, we'd still get to go to the country club at Christmas and at, you know, holidays with our more well-to-do family. And I found a way to kind of just float around and blend in with the different communities so like growing up sometimes i hung out with the druggies and smoked doobies and you know shot the shit you know mind if i spark a j but then also i would all you know go out and i would be with you know the well-to-do people and we'd be hanging out at the country club and having serious conversations about what life could be right there was attorneys and doctors in my family so Mm. like i was kind of just I was a well-to-do all all over guy, chameleon man. That's that's amazing, and you know, you think about that kind of background where you know it may it may not be the best thing to sit and reflect on, you know, just because there's a lot of pain involved in that. But I think you've done an amazing job of leveraging that to push yourself to where you're at now, and we're definitely going to dig back. Uh, into that so you being little drewby the individual chameleon drifting around making friends with everybody learning from everybody around you you know thinking back at what were your dreams you know what were the what what did you want to be when you grew up back then I want to be a fucking fighter pilot, man. Like Tom Hanks. Oh, no shit. Not Tom Hanks, but fucking Tom Cruise. I wanted to be up there yeah. maverick it. Like just boom, 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 boom. That was really my big thing growing up. Uh, but you know what I struggle with? Authority. Like funny enough, I really didn't like being told what I could or couldn't do. And not so much like what I could do, but like what I couldn't do. Because a lot of times in my life, man, there was a lot of people that were telling me like, hey, you're making a lot of bad fucking choices, man. You're never going to get anywhere. Getting tattoos at 16, you know, acting the way that you're acting, smoking dope, being an idiot. Like, they're going to ruin your life. You're going to end up in prison. And like, yeah, I could have. I took a lot of penitentiary chances for some really dumb <laughs> things. But it also pushed me to learn and made me who I am today. So without mm-hmm. those experiences, without people saying, hey, man, you you can't do that or you're going to fucking fail. Like it maybe wouldn't have motivated me, but it was always interesting how like I didn't like authority. So, you know, the military just also getting tattoos at 16. That also kind of took me out of that opportunity. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's going to put some walls up for sure. And man, like you, you and I, the, every time we talk, it feels like we get more and more like overlap because uh, yeah, like I got my first tattoo at 16. By the way, is is your first tattoo still visible or is it covered up? Oh, hell no. I got mine on my hands. So I started with the star right here at 16 years old. We walked into the tattoo shop and the guy's like, are you for real? And I was like, yeah. And my mom's like, and he looked at my mom. He's like, are you for real? She's like, that's what the fuck he wants. And they were like, 75 bucks, bro. Here, sign this document. Let's go. Jeez. That's, that, that's amazing. I know a lot of tattoo artists that, 
they're going to put you through the ringer to even get anything on your hands. So it's. Let's just say that's where I grew up, sir. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Wow. That's wild, man. Yeah, my uh, my first one is definitely covered up at this point. <laughs> it was so ugly. <laughs> and, I got a couple of cover ups, but yeah, nah, man, I, I kind of wear mine with pride. I kind of yeah. think back on that time of like that was my solidifying the choice to be an entrepreneur before like long before I even knew it, like I was kind of unemployable. And, and it's funny because like I work with a company and I'm kind of an entrepreneur, right? That's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't recognize the value in. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be an entrepreneur. Everybody wants to be the face. They want to own the business. They want to do all this stuff, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility. And so for me, like I've always kind of been blessed with being an intrapreneur, meaning there's been folks in my life who have provided me opportunity to show up and do the things that I do well, whether it's sales or marketing or whatever, Uh, But then I always have looked at as kind of like my own ownership mentality. Like I don't own Apex. I don't own Break Free Academy. Sure. But I treat it like I do. And in doing so, I'm giving the given the opportunity to build things up underneath it to help support what I do within that role. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that have it stuck in their head that they have to be the boss or they have to make all the decisions for a company to be successful. And like, hey, man. There's a lot of power in being a strong two man on a team. Like you don't always have to be the face. Like Michael Jordan always had Scottie Pippen and that's how they won. Like he couldn't have done it by himself. He had a two man. So like just something to kind of noodle on for those of you out there in that situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. So I'd like to uh, dig into your career a little bit. Um, Where your, your first quote unquote adult job. You know what I mean? Where you're like, you're responsible for paying your bills. So not selling drugs. Yeah. Not selling drugs. Okay. Not, yeah. So, so what, um, yeah. What, 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 what did that look like? What did you do? So, you know, I came up kind of the, the hood way doing things I shouldn't have taken penitentiary chances. But when I started getting into a real job at 18 years old, I became a nuclear pharmacy technician. So that's a big Damn. fancy way of saying I took radioactive isotopes And I combined them with different medications and we made these mixtures and we sent them to hospitals and clinics all across Northwest Ohio. Yeah. So it was like kind of a cool job, very fancy. Um, You know, everybody thinks it sounds real fancy. Then we just hung out in a laboratory and mixed some shit up and then (laughs) delivered it. Like I got a job as a delivery guy because my mom was in the the hospital where they delivered the medication. One of the guys was like always in there having jokes. And she's like, Oh, you guys should hire my son. And they're like, yeah, we need a driver. Okay. So I got this opportunity. Right. And that's like a a story of my life is I've been blessed with a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. that I've really made the best of. Like, cause if I, someone's going to bless me with opportunity, like I'm going to work my ass off to prove that I earned it and deserve it. And so like, I got into this nuclear pharmacy job. I was a delivery driver for about three or four months. And they said, Hey, we need someone who can come in the lab and help us in the lab. Would you be interested? Like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm okay, cool. It's better than driving. I fall asleep when I'm driving. So, like, I <laughs> put me in the lab. That's a way better place for me. Yeah. So, I go from that six months in, three months in, six months in, I get promoted to working in the lab. I'm the youngest guy in the entire country to have the license to combine these medications and do this stuff. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. So, I think it's fair to say that you have a gift of intuition for seeing when there is an opportunity for you and following that thread, you know, what does it feel like to you when, and I've witnessed one of these. So what does it feel like inside, you know, like what, what's the reaction that your body is giving you? And maybe it can inspire other people that are listening you know, that they might be faced with something that says, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe there's like some, for for lack of a better word, biofeedback that somebody can look for. That, and what have you found? This is going to sound kind of hoodoo voodoo, but I truly feel that every opportunity that's really turned into something for me gave me a sense of deja vu. As if I'd mm. almost already been there and accomplished the thing but I, I hadn't, 
right? And I and Got I can it. speak very specifically to this because I remember when I first started with Break Free Academy and the Apex team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I took a big risk. I walked away from a six-year career at a family insurance agency where I was the number one producer, like literally set to take over the thing and have like a long-standing insurance agency business that I could have lived off of. And those dudes can live a very good life and kind of get to fuck off and play golf and do whatever. But like something told me it wasn't right. You know, I didn't feel that fulfillment. I wasn't getting what I really wanted. And ultimately, I knew where I was wasn't getting me where I wanted to go. And so I started working with this Apex team. And, the you know, Ryan, he said, hey, man, fly down and spend a day with us. Like, come to the event, hang out. Like, let's have yeah. a real conversation. And I got in that room, man. And I remember I was, like, helping carry chairs up the elevator. And I had this moment where it was like, I've already been here before. Like mm. everything just like it almost fainted me like i was just like struck down like hey man you are in the right place and this is the right move and i never really put two and two together until later on down the line i was having a conversation with some other guy uh it was like a mindset coach or something but he said hey man if you ever get a feeling of deja vu in your life it's actually a future version of yourself that's tugging on your stomach trying to pull you in the right direction and I was Got it. like, holy shit. <laughs> and that's when you knew. That's when yeah, I knew. So that, I, I think that the first event you're describing was probably the first time we met in person. And I think, maybe. Uh, yeah. That, like, MDM 2019, is that when yeah. we met? Yeah. Okay. No, because I flew in in February for oh, a okay. closer event. That was oh, like the okay. first time I went, but it, it, dude, MDM 2019, same thing. Like yeah. Danny Galvez, hey yep. man, you're gonna be moving to Dallas. Like, yeah, no fucking way, bro. No hey, way am yep. I moving to Dallas. Not gonna happen. Absolutely not. Yeah. Ne- next, th- next thing you know, <laughs> you're you're rolling frying pans. The the legendary story. Depending on how fancy we're gonna get with this, I may stitch in that video if I can find it. I have uh, a video for you, bro. I all right, man. It's yeah, we're gonna cut and cranny, but it's in there. It's no, it's it was it was so cool. Like even watching it from like the semi back row, it was like, dude, this this guy's a legend now. So like, let's give us some context, right? We can't yeah. we can't <laughs> tiptoe around it. Like let's give us some context. And this is another one of those moments in my life that like almost feels kind of weirdly braggadocious to talk about. But right, so MDM 2019, we had probably what 400, 500 people in the hotel conference room. Ryan Stuman put it on. It's our big annual event for Apex. You know, we had hundreds of people there. We had some of the best speakers in the world. If I remember correctly, you actually sat mm-hmm. next to Frank Kern for a moment, yeah. the marketing godfather. So like shout out to the OGs in the marketing world. But so, you know, this is my first big event with Apex. I don't know a whole lot. I've been in the community for probably six months, right? We've built some relationships, but like this is the big thing for the year. I show up in the room. I'm a part of the team now. Like I'm kind of trying to find my way. I really don't know shit about anything, but like, you know me, man, like I said, if I get opportunity, I'm going to show up and work hard. And so during the event, one of the guys comes up and he's like, Hey man, you're going to come up on stage and do some strongman shit later. Right. And I kind of laugh because at the time I, you know, I'm not a strong man. I don't work out or at the time didn't work out the way I do now. I rode my bike a lot, but like that doesn't make you strong. No. Yeah. He's like, nah, don't worry, bro. I wouldn't embarrass you like that. So he goes up later and he starts calling people out and I'm looking around and nobody's going on stage because they don't want to embarrass them fucking selves. Right. <laughs> like, so I'm like, ah, God damn it. Okay. So I get up, I walk on stage, a couple other guys start coming up. Right. And they start handing out these baseball bats and they're like, all right, you guys got to break these baseball bats. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Okay. I'm looking at the other guys and they're all like kind of buff, strong looking dudes. And I'm like, well, all right. So I take the baseball bat and I start getting logical. Like, well, it curves right here. So if I put enough pressure on it, realistically, that's probably where it's going to break, right? It's the thinnest and it's okay. So I take that thing and I snap it on my knee real good. And it hurt like hell, but I heard a crack and I was like, oh, all right. I give it another crank and boom, the thing explodes. It's either my femur or or the bat. (laughs) 
Either way, it's a good show. <laughs> uh, you know, looking back, I did not think about it being my bone that was broken. So I'm glad it wasn't. I definitely had a large ass bruise. But like, so I snapped this bat in half. Whole crowd goes wild, right? And so like the guy that gives me the thing is laughing because that's not the technique that you're supposed to use to break the bat. Like I just Bo Jackson that SOB. <laughs> and you're supposed to like lean into your hip and there's like a way to do it. So we're laughing. So as the frying pan comes up, he's like, all right, well, now we're going to roll these Teflon frying pans. And like, you, you're definitely not going to do this. So he hands me a big one and then he takes it back and he hands me a, like a tiny one and hands the other ones to the other guys. And I'm like, what the f-? like now he's definitely trying to embarrass me. So I, you know, not to, well, not one to lose a challenge. I roll into that son of a gun and I have it here. No, you know what it might be packed up. I don't have it in front of me. It, oh, I keep man. it on my desk in my office yeah. as a reminder. Um, but so I rolled that thing right into a burrito, brother, and like loud and proud, super stoked. And the whole I think at that point, like even Stuman told me one time, he's like, I was talking to the other guy, and I told him, like, I can't ever fucking fire that guy now. So that <laughs> I think that really solidified my my respect in the world at that event. That was it was a crazy time for sure. Far out, man. <laughs> So, so looking at that, back at that, and, and what's going through your head in this, I, I have a couple things that I would probably take as lessons from it, but, you know, kind of looking back and analyzing and analyzing it, what do you think was the, your biggest takeaway from even being willing to go up on stage? Because, I mean, like, he didn't hold a gun to your head and force you to get up on stage he did i don't even think he called your name so like what 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 was the your biggest takeaway that you share from that you know man i think a big takeaway from me there is a willingness to embarrass yourself Mm. because like man i'm not like i said i didn't know what the fuck to expect when i walked up there i was like you know Screw it. If I look stupid, I look stupid. But hey, at least the show goes on. This guy's not embarrassed because nobody wants to take part of it. And it's like not so like I really just kind of wanted to feed in and help grow the community and get people hype. Not for my own like selfishness. Obviously, I'm like, well, I'm going to be embarrassed by this thing. But I think there's a lot of people in the world who are afraid to be embarrassed or to be judged by others. Especially in a scenario like that, right? You're in a room with 500 plus entrepreneurs and business owners, and these are millionaires and very, very successful people. And like the last thing you want to do is embarrass yourself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, man, going up there, I mean, I think that whole room had another level of respect for me after that. So it's like you have to find that balance of a willingness to kind of say, well, if I look stupid, I look stupid. Who cares? Yeah. So now I'm going to rewind a little bit for what led to your, you know, kind of getting on Ryan's radar. Um, And we alluded to it at the beginning of this here. um, The legendary phone sites, Facebook support group. Um, You know, where were you at at that point in your life that you started playing around with this funnels idea? Um, you know, what, what, what were you dealing with at that time? Yeah, that's fun. Cause this really dives back into like the deep heart of marketing. And that's really mm-hmm. what this is all about. Marketers shooting the shit. So I was selling insurance, man. Like I said, I was at a family insurance agency. I'd been there five, five and a half years. I think I was one of the top, I was the top producer in the agency and probably the top three or five in our region. And we, I worked for a big company, right? So it's not like I was just an independent guy. Like I worked for one of the biggest companies in the business and I was a top producer in the region. So I was doing well, you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also was, had watched a video from Stuman where he's like, Hey, if you're in sales and you don't make 10 grand a month, you got to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, what does that mean? Fuck you. <laughs> like I'm making four or five grand a month, grinding my ass off, man. You're an asshole, but he wasn't wrong. And so I remember like, this is when I realized, hey man, I'm in sales. And if I wanna make more sales, I gotta find more people to talk to. Cause like, that's literally what it is. It's a numbers game. Yep. And from the marketing perspective, the agent had kind of left me to take control of like where the lead flow goes and how it works. And so 
I had built a whole system of follow-up and sales automations and this entire like just process for success. And my thought was like, well, hey man, we're spending five grand a month on leads. Either I need to get better leads for that five grand or I need to get more leads mm. because one way or the other, this is how we're going to make more money, a higher, higher quality or a higher quantity. And I'm just going to have to grind it out. And so I had actually gone because I was on Facebook, right? Using these communities that can teach you so much about how to grow yeah. and scale and learn marketing. And one of them was an insurance specific marketing group. And they were selling this package where they would teach you their whole proprietary system for create. It was essentially a woofoo form tied to a Facebook ad, but they had this proprietary marketing system they were ah, selling. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was like, whatever. I don't know. They're showing me $1.50 CPM for leads. And I'm like, I'll take that all day. A dollar fifty oh, leads. Yeah. I can get thousands of those things and I'll just automate it. Right. So I call the guys and say, Hey man, I'm interested in your service. How does this work? And they're like, cool, it's fifteen hundred bucks. We'll get you in. This is how it goes. It's like, fuck, 1500 bucks, man. Like I'm a commissioned sales guy. Like that's a lot of money for me. That's a mortgage payment and a half. Mm. So I go to the agent. I'm like, hey, man, these guys can teach us marketing. We can get these cheaper leads, maybe a little quality. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just go back to lead marketplace and buy some more and, you know, whatever. So it's like, fuck. All right. So I call the guys back and I said, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to pay for this out of my own pocket. Like, are you sure this will work? And I'll be able to make the money back in commissions. And they're like, well, yeah, I'm sure it'll work, but you already missed your opportunity. We sold your slot to another agent. Like that was 24 hours ago. What do you mean? Huh. Like, yeah, sorry about your luck, bro. Should have taken action. Like, well, fuck you guys then. I'll figure it out. Like, okay. And so that's when I was in sales talk grew and right around the same time, like the, mm -hmm. the phone sites beta came out and I knew that all these guys were doing was sending traffic through Facebook to a landing page and collecting right. information. So I was like, yeah. all right, well, here's a simple landing page builder. Let me go in and figure this out. So I buy the $200 a year beta launch. I get into the Facebook community. I meet amazing people like you and we're all kind of just figuring it out, right? We're all like sales guys and marketers. And we're like, all right, well, how can we use this cool new tool to create success and how can we get some more leads and make some more money mm -hmm. and so we start helping each other we start building some funnels i connect with you and matt smith and you know yeah. josiah atkins and a couple of cats that are like ogs in our game now five years later uh but we're all kind of in there figuring things out together so i'm making some insurance funnels and in my first month i build a funnel i launch it on facebook i spent 500 dollars on ads i generated 270 leads Beautiful. I went, holy shit, this is crazy. And then I started calling the damn leads because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I sold like, I doubled my production for the month. Instead of doing like 20 Gs in annual premium, I did almost 40. And I went, holy smokes, I'm onto something here. Right. And I'm doing all of this out of my own pocket. Like I'm spending this money trying to figure it out, like kind of trying to hope that it works. And so I doubled my production. I make my money back. And then a couple of other agents called me and they're like, hey, man, we want you to start this marketing thing for us. It's like, cool. So I started a marketing company. And then about a week later, Ryan Stuman calls me on Facebook Messenger. I've never like I've talked to Stuman, but very like kind of casually DMing him. Right. Like mm -hmm. trying, he, he's like this godlike figure in this community of like people. I'm trying to get and I'm like, ah, why is this dude calling me on Messenger? And I didn't use Messenger at the time. I'm like, the f I was like, hey, man, I don't I don't know how this messenger thing works exactly. But like, <laughs> this is my phone number if you're really trying to call me for whatever reason. I'm assuming it was just a butt dial, though. Two seconds later, my cell phone rings. It's like, hey, man, this is Stuman. So, so you tell me, bro. Like, how are you? Like, what's up, man? How can I help? And he's like, well, I see you're in the Facebook community, man. I see that you've been active and you're helping people and you're providing a lot of support. And like, I really don't have somebody like that on my team. Uh, I know you got this marketing company and you do all this other shit, like whatever, but like, I need a support guy. If I pay you a couple grand a month, will you just hang out in my group and keep helping people? You really don't have to do anything extra than what you're doing, except maybe help me answer some like emails and support tickets and shit. Love it. And I was like, well, I mean, okay. Like kind of a no brainer, like sure. So I get on the team. I think it was like literally four years ago. So it would have been the end of 2018. So it was right in December when I signed up, like right after Apex. So fuck yeah, coming on four years ago. I get in, I go through the support tickets. I think I cleaned up like three months worth of backlog tickets with my partner at the time because we had a marketing company. They just hired us both. Mm -hmm. um, 
We cleaned up like three or four months worth of support tickets, put a few automations in place, created a few tutorials, off to the races. About two weeks after that, Stuman calls me again. He's like, dude, you're in the wrong fucking business. Like, I need you to fly down to Dallas and spend a day with me because, like, we need to talk about how we can change a lot of lives together. I mean, the rest is history, I say. There you go. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. There you go. So I, I, I love hearing that. I, like I said, I was, I was there like kind of witnessing it from the comfort of Facebook. And it was just like, <laughs> man, look at this guy go. Um, but I think it, that's it, been my biggest thing, though, man, and why so many people love to support my journey, because you've watched it. Like, I'm yeah. not some dude who just came in and made up a bunch of bullshit. Like, everybody's watched me do this yep. piece by piece. And it's been so fun to be, like, able to share that journey because I know it's helped a lot of people, too. Definitely. Uh, 100%. And it all stems back to you've just provided a lot of value to a lot of people over the years. And I, and I think that's, you know, something that, sure, it's a, it's a personal development note to to put out there but it's also it's it it ties into marketing directly you know what i mean like if you're out there and you know i think this is where we could kind of riff on you know maybe what marketing is and what we can define it as you know yes there's the component of you launch an ad you do an effort and you get names emails and phone numbers and whatever but it's also, and I think this is where you've mastered it, you've put out so much goodwill into the world. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, like the, we mentioned Frank Kern earlier, his old method of help people by actually helping people. Crazy stuff. <laughs> so before you work on your automation and all of that, all that crazy tech stuff, yeah, make sure that you're actually helping people. Like, imagine that. I, it's funny, man, because like I meet and have met so many marketers over the years. And they, there's there's a lot of really great marketers out there that truly care about helping. And then there's a lot of marketers that want to show you a bunch of fancy numbers and metrics and shit that really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What matters and what truly creates sales is two things, empathy and confidence right? Stuman taught me that early on. I didn't really know it until he made it very clear for me, but it takes two things, empathy and confidence. Empathy being, hey, can you listen to what your customer needs? Can you actually listen? Not just like, hey, you're a guy that said you're interested, like now it's time to buy my shit. But like, can you really have a conversation and ask them the questions that pre-qualifies them to say, yes, they 100% can benefit from my service? If yes, then it is now my duty to do everything I can to try to help this individual. Even if they don't buy from me, I need to educate them enough so they can make a smart decision for themselves. But not many people think that way. A lot of people are like, all right, cool. You're qualified. You have a credit card. Now it's my time to get paid. Dude. It's terrible. Dude. But like I look at it as, and you you mentioned this, hey, giving goodwill, right? At the end of the day, in my life, when I look back, there has been countless individuals that have shared a kind word, have given me a little bit of wisdom, have been like, hey, man, like, I see what you got going on. It's not too bad, but here's a way you can do it better. And and Jordan from Phone Sites, the team, like, that was one of the biggest things for me, because when I started using Phone Sites, 
I was asking a lot of questions in the group, like, Hey man, how do I add a Facebook pixel to this thing? How do I track this? How do I do like the guy who ended up being the poster child for what could, you know, really happen when you mastered this program came in as a, like, didn't know how to put a Facebook pixel in. Right. But I would willing to ask questions and learn and be coachable. And Jordan reached out and he said, Hey man, here's how you do this. I'm going to ask one thing in return. If I teach you this, you have to go and teach it to others. Cause like, I can't be that guy. And I was like, well, why would I want to teach others how to do all the things that are going to make me more successful? Won't that take away from my success? <laughs> and he went, well, first of all, dummy, everything I'm going to teach you, you can learn on the YouTube, but do you want to spend the time going and learning on YouTube? Or do you want me to just give you the information directly? Because like, we can fast forward this progress. And I went, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to have to learn it on my own. Like, I guess I can make, you know, a couple of tutorial videos. That's cool. Right. And when I started understanding that by giving value first, it creates an exponential return. It made it a lot easier for me to be able to go and say, hey, man, here's a short little training for you. Hey, man, here's a little something, because here's what happens. And Sean, this is funny. You may not even know this story, but I'm going to share it because I think it's valuable for people. Sure. There was an individual in the phone sites group at one point who had reached out to me and asked some questions. And it was like early on when we launched our marketing company and I was like kind of trying to figure shit out. And they're like, well, how much for an hour of your time? And I was like, I don't know, 150 bucks. And they're like, cool, I'll get back to you. And then like three days later, I'm in the phone sites group and I see a post and it's this dude. And he's like, Hey, I want to give a shout out to Sean Swain. Dude jumped on a call with me for free. Helped me out a bunch, like all this stuff. And I was just like, well, God damn it. All right. And it was like, I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at myself that I asked for money instead of just providing value first. Dude. I know exactly who you're talking about. That was a fit. I shit you not. I am pretty sure. I'm going to check and I'm going to try and talk while I'm looking at this. If it wasn't today, it was yesterday. That was a Facebook memory. That's hilarious. Like I, I shit you not. Hold on. Let me find it here. Oh no, it was yesterday. Cause he sent me a message on Facebook messenger saying like, Hey, we took your advice. We launched this and X, Y, our click through rate, whatever blah 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 and it was like i was in the it was i i look at marketing as i have weird success metrics for marketing it's like if i can get an appointment booked while i'm at the gym without me having to you know do the lifting to get it uh like that's a, that's one of those little wins to me mm -hmm. that particular morning i was making hash browns <laughs> 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 And that's what the Facebook post was about. I was like, see, this is what marketing's about. You're sitting there early in the morning, making your hash browns, making your world famous hash browns. And you get a message from someone saying, hey, your shit works. It's funny how, man, we just get it all circles back together, bro. Like, and that, that's the beauty of marketing, though. When you do it right, it all ties together. And that's why marketing isn't just creating a sales funnel from a Facebook ad and collecting name, phone, and email. Good marketing is about building a relationship before people 100%. even realize they have a relationship with you. Yep. They're seeing your content. They're hearing your message. They're seeing that little taste of it, almost like the crack dealer on the corner, giving you just a little taste to get a feel. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they pop up with the offer, right? Frank Kern, I think says it, value, 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 offer. Yep. Jab, jab, jab punch right yep. or uppercut or whatever the stupid thing is it doesn't matter yeah. but like when you go value 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 first there is a reciprocation that starts to occur that's why i where did i read this is it stephen covey's book seven habits mm -hmm. maybe and he talks about the Hare krishnas and they hand you the poppy flower and they're like here i have this for you and they hand it to you first and then they tell you oh by the way we're accepting donations for the right. poppies if you'd like to share and you're like well fuck man, I didn't want the poppy to begin with, but you gave it to me. So like, I feel obligated to donate. Yep. Yep. That's how people feel when you go value first in a conversation, they feel obligated, not in a bad way, yep. but this is how the law of reciprocity works. They feel now, okay, I should somehow return this value. And maybe it's not monetary. Maybe it's not like, Hey, let me pay you for something, but it could be a week or two later when they go, 
oh, John, I, you mentioned this thing about SEO. I just happened to meet a guy the other day who's an expert. Let me connect the two of you. You see right. how that shifts everything, man? It like people get it all wrong. They just want to ask, 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 but you got to mm-hmm. give, give, give. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of loop things back around and you know, land where we're at today, you're here, vice president at Break Free Academy, Apex, a bona fide superstar in the, uh, the internet marketing world. Oh, stop, Which- stop. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> Please. Keep going. No, 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 no. So, oh, okay. 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 Um and it and it is truly just because you provide all of that value. Now, you've also kind of etched yourself out a neat corner. And you know, this this is where we're getting back to talking about marketing again. Yeah, there's there's a million marketers out there right now that all kind of sound the same. They're all a version of, you know, I I I, I joke around in conversations. It's like there's a million, and I'm not knocking these these people or the main person at all, but like there's a million carbon copies or at least attempts of it of Andy Frisella. Like everyone like hops online and does an Andy Frisella impersonation. There's there's dozens of other people that have that for them, but for you, I, I think you've, and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about this and where did the idea come from? And you know, what have you seen of this? You're the meme guy. Like you're, you got meme Lord tattooed across your knuckles and kind of an idiot also but <laughs> continuing to be unemployable since now, but, um, <laughs> I'd love for you to dig into that, you know, where did the idea for it come from and, you know, what kind of success have you seen other people have because they've applied that? So the closer memes program and that whole meme Lord niche really came about because I, I've always looked for a way to kind of separate myself, right? When I got into the sales talk with sales pros community and I got into internet marketing, the first thing that I realized is that there's always the people that are kind of well-known, right? Like let's, let's just think about a Facebook group. You've got the admin. He's like the, the founder, the, the head guy. Then you got moderators and then mm-hmm. you got people that kind of like are just known in the group. And so to me, when I got into the marketing world, I just wanted to kind of be one of those people that was known in the group. But I also wanted to be known for like being me. I didn't want to be like yeah. a carbon copy of anybody else. I didn't want them to be like, oh, here's another fucking guy that's just trying to be like Stuman or whatever. Yep. And to me, I've always kind of been a shithead. I like to talk shit. I like to troll the internet a little bit. And I've always loved memes. And so that's kind of how I've done it, right? One of my favorite things to do, like, especially on social media, when they added it was like, instead of responding with an actual comment, I'll just leave like a real spicy meme or a gif instead. And like, because a picture is worth a 1000 words. And I can say a lot of hurtful mean things. But as we're starting to see now, several years later, those mean hurtful things that we posted way back when are getting us banned. Mm -hmm. Like, we thought we had freedom of speech. Turns out we don't. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but like, so one of my things was instead of saying something that could be screenshotted or taken out of context, right? Because like weird world we're living in, I would just share funny gifts or memes. And like people kind of just got to know me for be like, they would almost be waiting for me to respond with some stupid gif or meme. And I would do like whole threads of them. I would literally just talk back and forth to people through gifts and memes. And so I was kind of just joked about it, right? And we all have friend groups and chats in our phone that we don't tell people about that we share like weird messed up memes in. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So like I, I kind of knew intensely, like internally, everybody loved memes. Being in sales, I remembered when we were, you know, in the insurance agency, there were some people that were making like life insurance memes and we were poking fun of people. It's like, hey, you have insurance on your cell phone, but you don't have insurance on your life. Sure. Remind me how that works again. And so like, I remember using them and not really getting a lot of success, but then one day, man, I'm in sales 
And anybody that's been in sales or run a business knows this feeling when you've had lots of great conversations and you've built a ton of rapport and you've got that invoice sitting there and you're just like, pay the fucking invoice, <laughs> right? Like, what are we waiting on here? And you're following up and the people kind of go ghost on you. And I got a little upset, you know, the dude got a little out of sorts and uh, I decided, you know what, man, fuck these guys. So I went and found that gif of Jim Carrey where he's in um, Ace Ventura and he's in the dolphin tank and he's kind of like looking in the, the camera and he's acting all crazy. <laughs> and as I said, you there question mark across the bottom. And I sent it off to 20 or 25 people that had ghosted me. And I shit you not within 15 minutes, I'd racked up like 10 grand in sales. <laughs> I had like half a dozen responses from people that were like, holy shit, that's hilarious. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Can we set up a call? Like whatever. Uh, got a couple of responses from people that were like, no, I'm not interested, man. Fuck off. And then I went, well, Hey, I had a 69% response rate to that message. There's something to that. And I kind of was questioning it, but like at the same time, I'm like, Hey, I don't want to question the Lord dropping that goodness on me. Right. But yeah. I hit up a few friends I'm like, Hey guys, this is going to sound kind of ludicrous but try this, send this meme, this gift to a couple of people that have ghosted you recently and just see what happens. Two days later, I get a message from a real estate friend of mine. He's like, Hey man, you're fucking crazy, but it worked. I got a $1.8 million listing from a dude that I sent that meme to. I appreciate you, bro. It's like, I don't know if you sell real estate or know anything about that world, but the commissions on a $1.8 million oh, house, yeah. they're fat. Yeah. They're real fat. And so that's when I went, man, there's more to this, right? And I started thinking about marketing and I started thinking about like, okay, but like what really makes a meme work? Why are they so powerful? What is it that, you know, gets the people's attention? And I dug deep, man. And I've got a book coming out on this here in the first quarter of 2023 uh, where I'm going to go deep on memes and marketing and psychology because a lot of people don't know the word meme actually comes from a book called The Selfless Gene by a guy named Richard Dawkins that was written back in 1979. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it really stems from biology and from like Darwinism. Because when one monkey saw another monkey use a rock to smash a coconut, and it went back to its friends and was like, hey, dummies, let's use a rock to open these coconuts so we can get the soft gooey inside. There was a transfer of information. And that's really what the word meme stands for, is a transfer of information. Now, fast forward from the 80s until 2022, when we're recording this, sure. the word meme has transformed into this entirely new idea of like a picture with words over it or a funny video or a trend. And so when you think about like social trends, the ice bucket challenge, mm. um, planking, uh, beanie babies, right? Like baby Yoda, like lady yelling at the cat, like there's all these social trends. And so yep. what happens is people get attracted to it because others are interested. When you see a car crash, like you don't want to look, but you kind of have to. Yeah. Same thing with these social trends. And so what I've realized is that by going deep in a marketing perspective of, hey, I know my client avatar, who they are, what they're interested in, what kind of things keep them up at night and what kind of things make them feel all jolly in their special parts. Now I can start talking to them on a deeper level because if I know I'm talking to a female between the age of 35 and 50 who grew up in an age where they watched a lot of friends on TV and then I go in there and I find a Ross and Rachel meme and I talk about Ross and Rachel, but I add my little spin to it that's like, oh, by the way, don't let your relationship end up like this. Sign up for my relationship coaching program, whatever the fuck. Well, guess what? That woman who now has a deep connection to that moment between Ross and Rachel, who also wants to feel that once again, they now feel like we're friends. They're like, holy smokes, I know, like, and trust this person because they know, like, and trust me. They know me deeper than I know myself. And so if you think about as a marketer, hey, I'm trying to get people's attention because they see 5,000 advertisements a day. What's that pattern interrupt? What's that one thing that I can use to make them stop scrolling? just long enough to hit them with that sexy copywriting headline of like how to get X, the thing that you want without having to do Y, that's the thing you don't want to do to get X. And all of a sudden I've got their attention because that's all marketing is getting someone's attention and keeping it mm -hmm. long enough for them to be interested in what you have to say. And start building that relationship. Bingo. And everybody loves memes. 
I don't care who you are. Everybody loves memes. And if they tell you they don't, they're probably lying. You just sent them the wrong kind of meme. Just saying. They really tie the room together, man. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I've been sitting on that one in the back of my mind for, <laughs> for way longer than I care to admit. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. <laughs> Let's go bowling. And with that, you pulled ahead. Hey. Um, so, no, man, but that's the beauty of like the memes program, right? Like I've had thousands of people sign up for it over the last couple of years. I mean, I can't even count and I'm not going to be one of those asshole marketers of like my clients have learned and done $1 billion in sales from taking, oh, man, fuck no, those dudes have done a shitload of money. They've made a lot of money. They've changed their life. They've changed a lot of lives. And ultimately, like I said at the beginning, that's what matters to me. My yeah. course is $47. Like I'm not getting rich on that at all. But the people who take it and actually implement it, they're getting rich. They're creating massive amounts of success. And that's what matters to me because when they succeed, I succeed. Right. And that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like I've, I've been through your course. I love it. It it got a lot of background out of, you know, why it's important to look at the background of a meme, you know, like all, all that stuff that's included in there. And I think you and I are similar because we both dive deep into things. Like it's not just, not surface level with anything mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna go ahead and make sure we drop all the links in the show description the uh, description on youtube all that like you're, you're going to be able to get access to drewby's course anything else that uh drewby wants to promote actually have right over here on my bookshelf try and not knock everything down hey Drewby. look at that drewby's first book crushing the day uh, we're going to give a bunch of shout outs and everything in the show notes uh, over to Apex as well. Probably sales talk with sales pro. That might be the uh... man. We just be giving away all the good shit for people. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, cause that's what it is. That's people what gave it, is. it to us. So we, we feel encouraged to give it to y'all. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's plenty to go around in the world. Um, we've probably both seen a fair amount of people that have that short term. I must have it all mindset and they're nowhere to be found at the they're moment gone. they're gone so Drewby, anything that you want to uh conclude with here as we bring it home no nah, man just a, over the goddamn line damn it well no, done i i I think so, man. Like at the end of the day, Sean, I really just appreciate the opportunity to be here with you, man, to have an hour in the middle of an afternoon on a Wednesday. Uh, I think that's just fantastic that we've both been able to create something for ourselves that allows us to live this life, to provide the value, to give back in abundance because, you know, man, we didn't always have this and to have it now is a huge blessing. And I appreciate that you take time out of your day to share with the audience and to help people, you know, make that change, man, because, we didn't always have the best examples growing up, but we certainly right. are making that change now for ourselves and for our you know, community around us. And man, it's just been an honored to get to be on this journey with you, to, to have you be a part of it and be a big influence to me, man, because you're out here doing great work and I'm honored to be working with you myself. So anybody that's listening, make sure you're tuning in. This guy is going to be dropping so much value for you guys. Like just just really take it to heart and actually implement it. Cause that's what creates success. It's not just about listening to all this content. It's about actually going and doing the work with it. And I can promise you this, if you stay consistent, if you do the work, you will crush the day before it crushes you. Dude. Couldn't think of a better way of ending the show. Thank you so much for being on and providing all of the insights. I think this thing was a masterclass in just under an hour. So thank you immensely for being here. We'll see you next time on Marketers Shooting the Shit, where we'll, I guess, shoot the shit with other marketers. I don't know. I guess I should think of a better way of being the show. Take care, everyone. You just got to shoot the shit. (laughs) That's See y'all. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.